Amen. All right, we're going to transition. It's going to ask Ollie Surgeoner to come, and Ollie's going to open up God's Word for us today. Thank you, Angela and team, and thanks again, Dave and Suzanne and all of our AV crew. And uh, you can be seated here in person. And Ollie, thank you for serving us. Ollie's going to continue in our formation series. And as we've been building this trellis on God's Word and prayer and rest and the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to add more things to that, and we're going to talk about friendship this morning. So, Ollie, thank you. Good Good morning. Good morning, good morning. I'm Ollie, nice to meet you all, or see you all, or half see you. There's light in my eyes, I can hardly see you. Um, I gotta be honest with you, like, I was half hoping we were still in, lo- in lockdown, so I wouldn't have to do it in front of you guys, just do it to the camera, so much easier. I hate public speaking. Hate's probably a strong word. Detest? Might be better. No, I'm, jo- I'm, jo- I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, but no, it is good to be back, it is great to be back, good to be worshiping together, it's a great time of worship, thank you, Angela. And uh, it's especially as we're talking on friendship, it's hard to, to build community and friendship when you're on, on Zoom the whole time. So it is good to be back. I'll quickly pray and then we'll get stuck in. So, Father God, thank you for being with us this morning, Father. God, thank you for a good time of worship together and being in your presence. God, thank you. You're always with us, Lord. And God, I pray you'd come and be with us this morning, Lord. Speak to us, God. Guide me, guide my words. Fill me with your presence, Father. I need your presence this morning, Lord. And would you open our eyes to your, to your, to your word this morning, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, so like Joe said, we're continuing in the formation series that him and Gary have done the last few weeks. That, that, that garden trellis he normally has that he stole from his neighbor's garden with the different rungs on, and we went through the rung of uh, God's Word, being God's Word, of prayer and forgiveness, the importance of Sabbath rest, and last week we went through being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and as Joe said last week, we, we are created for relationships. So this week, uh, we're looking at that next rung, which Joe mentioned was friendship or biblical friendship. And so initially I thought, you know, what, what have I got to say? I'm like, I'm like the least qualified person. I don't, I'm sure there's people here who have more friends than me or closer, closer friends than me. And, you know, I just hope that hopefully we can make some decent points this morning where, which makes us really think if what we think friendship is is actually good and healthy belief. belief. And first up to say, I am not nor have been always the perfect friend or ever the perfect friend. And Honestly, seriously, I genuinely must say a, a, a sincere sorry for where I've fallen short. But I also just wonder if any of us are actually perfect friends. I'll also bookend this whole preach with, or this whole message with uh, what it says in Matthew 7. It says, you say, let me take the speck out of your eye while there is a plank in your own eye. Because it's so easy for us to, you know, for us to judge others or judge our friends for where they have fallen short in our expectations or our needs, where actually sometimes it's good to look in the mirror and actually see, you know, they might not be perfect, but then again, we might not be perfect either. So let's look and see what God tells us about friendship. We're going to look at the, uh, the what and the, the why, the what and the hows of friendship, but I am going to quickly jump into one main point before I get to my main points, a kind of pro- prologue, if you will. And I'm putting this here so that you don't switch off before I get to it, because I know online you all switch off. So, or you're brushing your teeth, or you're in your PJs or something. 
Um, but especially kids or, or, young, or youth or teenagers or 20s or you know, anyone under the age of 30, because if you're over 30, you're, you're, you're old and you're irrelevant, apparently. Um, and, and so here, my first point. This, everyone, young people, this is not your friend, and your friends do not live inside here. Okay, all right, don't, don't roll your eyes. Don't roll your eyes at me. I know I'm old, you know what, what you think, what, what you think I'm old, what do I know? Well, listen, Joe and Gary have mentioned it before the last few weeks as well, uh, and we have to take a few things seriously. Social media is a way of communicating and is a way of connecting, but it is not the best way. It is not the best way of building solid, deep, good, healthy friendships. Not, not even close. Well, why? Well, I mean, tons of reasons. Firstly, you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. For starters, they're all multi-million, the, the multi-million dollar companies, or at least they want to be. You are a consumer. It's a product they're trying to sell you and get you hooked on it, right? So they, they want you to use it and get, and get sucked into it. And people, of course, you know this, say and do stuff on social media they would never do in real life. It's not, it's not reality. And we know it's not healthy, and they know it's not healthy. You probably saw the recent report on Instagram saying it, how it negatively, negatively affects female teenager mental health. We know that. It's not a good way to build, build deep friendship, have good discussions. Who has good discussions on Facebook? Or help anxieties, or help depression? Of course it's not. Well, and how many friends do you have? Does that mean how popular you are, or how lonely you are, or aren't? You know, do you have 20 friends on, on social media, or do you have 100 or 1,000? And what is, you know, are they real? And what is a, re a real friend? Uh, an Oxford psychologist, Robin Dunbar, comes up with Dunbar's number, originally named. Uh, and he observes through f relationship research, he notes that we have, uh, you know, maybe 100 to 150 meaningful relationships. You know, a lot more than that acquaintances, but meaningful relationships, about 100, 150. And he breaks it into different concentric circles or circles within circles. So in the middle, you might have you know, one or two. It might be your spouse. Uh, and then you have like you know, three to five close friends, and then maybe 10 still quite close but not as close friends, and then maybe 50, and then maybe 100 more social friends. And they're all really important uh, uh, for different reasons. Um, but and that can vary, of course, depending on your, 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 your personality, introvert, extrovert, or, or your age, or where you're living, or, or your season of life. Um, but it's useful to consider that, you know, is having a thousand friends on social media, or a thousand likes, or a thousand followers, is that actually reality? And is it real? And, you know, who are, and who are our friends? You know, Proverbs 18, verse 24, I think will come up on the screen, says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Social media is junk food, guys, when it compared to real relationships. We know too much of it isn't good for us. We know burgers every day isn't good for us, or fries every day isn't good for us. It isn't a good replacement for real relationships. And while we sometimes kind of crave it, or, and, and, and it, it never really satisfies us, and we kind of feel blah afterwards, you know, kind of, you know, it just doesn't feel great. And long term, it's making us even more unhealthy. There's a ton more stuff to say about social media, both good, 
and bad, but I guess my main point today is don't let it replace real, living, breathing, physical people. And as, and as, and as an aside altogether, if we think of Joe's message on uh, the Sabbath a few weeks back, what would actually happen if you took a day off of social media or two days off of social media? And just because you might have hundreds of or thousands of likes on social media or thousands of acquaintances in real life, it doesn't mean you won't feel lonely. Pre-COVID, there was what's been called another pandemic, a pandemic of loneliness. In fact, in 2017, Vancouver was labeled Canada's loneliest city. And here in Freddie, we're not immune to that. You know, it's partly it's cultural, partly generational. We know social media doesn't help with loneliness. A sociologist uh, uh, quotes, we are lonely but fearful of intimacy. Digital connection may offer that illusion of companionship without the demand of friendship. And we can also see the last couple of years have not helped with loneliness at, at all, you know, with lockdowns and work from home orders and not being allowed to see anyone and, and bubbles and all, that, and, all, and all that stuff. There's just been this eroding of this middle ring of friendship. These like social friends, important friends, you know, your sports teams or your go for a drink friends or you go for a walk friends or your, or your church friends. And as a church community, that's really important. That kind of 5,200 ring of friendships, that's, that's, that's church for us. So we need to really refocus and maintain and build and strengthen these relationships in the USA, but probably in Canada also in 2020, 2021, they saw a reduction of one hour per day of social physical contact. A one hour a day, that's tons if you add that up. And what was that replaced by? You guessed it, screen time, social media, Zoom, computer, TV, Netflix. And so, you know, we, we have to note that change. We have to, we have to know that these friendships have, 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 have changed and we have to try and fight to get them back. They also noted a change in these friendships where they go from regular friendships to being more factional friendships. I didn't come up with that term, uh, but more social media driven. You're either for us or against us friendships. Friendships built on ideology, socio-political views within an agenda other than caring, loving, trusting friendship, which is a rapid cultural shift that we need to call out and be determined to change because loneliness isn't healthy and isn't good. A pastor on the Gospel Coalition, Jer Jeremy Linneman, says, our experience in the last few years suggests a, disti a distinction. There's a type of passive loneliness where you just don't have friends and community and a type of divisive loneliness which is rejecting community unless you're in total agreement with your social, political, and religious views. Loneliness isn't good for us. Which leads kind of to my next point. You know, why do we need friends? And do we? And there's tons we could say, and I will not cover everything, but to make the obvious point, friends are good for us. We've talked about loneliness a bunch there. Our culture can sometimes promote this kind of lone wolf self-sufficiency, this self-reliant nature. But we look at the Bible, we don't really see that in the Bible a ton. We see God saying it's not good for man to be alone. 
We see God himself in community with the Holy Spirit and the Son. We see Jesus spending a ton of time with his disciples. And there's certainly times when Jesus uh, wants to be alone. Although a lot of his alone time isn't necessarily, you know, me time. It's him and God time, right? I wonder how often you've been told or you, you think you, you should have some me time or some alone time. Uh, Ken Shigematsu, the, the, uh, the, the pastor author we're using the, the book for for this series, uh, notes that North Americans have fewer friends than ever, but that those with strong friendships, get this, they live longer, they're happier, they're more fulfilled, and they have better physical and mental health if you have friends. It's good for us. He quotes a, a, a study from Harvard University involving older people, retired people, so when questioned, they reported that the greatest satisfaction in life came not from their career successes or their accomplishments or their money, but you guessed it, from relationships with friends and family. So we benefit from having good friends. It's good. It's good for us. Paul Tripp, another U.S. author, pastor, says friendship is intended. The goal is not self-sufficiency, but community. He quotes Job 2, verse 11, which might be on the screen. Uh, he says, Now when Job's three friends heard of this evil had come upon him, they each came to, from his own place. They made an appointment together to come to show him sympathy and comfort him. Yet, as a church, as individuals, and, and therefore as a church, sometimes we, you know, we struggle with friendship and, and building community. I mean, that's why we're doing a message on it. That's why it's a chapter in this foundation, this formation book. It's, it's important, and we struggle with it, and we've got to call it out. We, gotta be, we have to be intentional about building, forging friendships and community as a church. I mean, is anyone here lonely, or has anyone here ha had times of loneliness? I, mo surely most of us have. It can't just be, it can't just be me. I know I have. But a healthy church community, we, we, we shouldn't have people who are always lonely. Good Christian friends and community help us grow, keep us accountable, and help us keep on the right path with all the stuff we've, Joe's talked about in the last few messages. We need a healthy church community. If we look at some what's uh, and some more why's of friendship, so what is it? We've heard how it's intended, is it's healthy, it's needed. We have to call out our present culture that perhaps, you know, isn't, isn't teaching us the best way to build relationships. You know, culture outside of, outside of God rarely does point us uh, wholly in the right direction. Where do we get our thoughts? We get it from our upbringing, our parents, uh, friends we've had, family, um, movies, music, you know, culture around us. And you know what? Some of us probably haven't grown out of that kind of childlike mentality of how to build and grow friendships. If I was to ask you, you all, you know, certain traits of uh, friends, you'd probably give a lot of similar answers, but there'll be differences. Maybe depending on your cultural differences or your age or, or you know. For example, I'm, I'm not from Canada. You might have figured that out already. I'm from Northern Ireland. And you know, Northern Ireland, friendship, Obviously, there'll be similarities, there'll be some differences, you know. In Northern Ireland, we, we normally take the mickey out of your friends, you, we, you poke fun at them a lot more. 
in Northern Ireland. And, and Northern Irish people have a pretty hard exterior, so sometimes you're a bit rough around the edges. There's a bit of an undercurrent of distrust in, in people in Northern Ireland. And uh, you know, that, that'll come out in, in the friendship over there. And if I brought that over here, you know, I've had to learn to change because if I just poke fun at you all the time and tease you all the time, you're probably not going to be my friend. You're not going to appreciate it. But that, you'd be weird if you didn't do that in Northern Ireland. The same, the same in England. You know, if you're from the north of England, usually the meaner you are to your friend, the means that they're closer, closer you are as a friend. If you're the southern English, you're, they're, they're softer down there. They, wouldn't, they, don't, they don't get it. Um, you know, because it's grim up north. Anyway. Um, but there are, you know, the question is, are there things that you need to change to be a better friend or to grow new friendships? We've got to be, be open-minded and intentional to grow friendships with different cultures, different demographics, different ages, being less set in your ways. And of course, I'm, be, I'm speaking you know, primarily in a church context. But if we look at some traits here of friendships, I've got roughly five points here. You can try and count them. I can't count them. But roughly five points. Here's some. A friend commits or shows up, has to set in the bar low, turn up, don't always cancel. There's a constancy and a consistency to them. A fair-weather friend is an oxymoron. A fair-weather friend isn't a true deep friend. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Might even be better than a sibling. You know, the saying goes, you can choose your friends, you can't choose your family. And a famous example, of course, is Jonathan and David in the Bible. Uh, you know, who, who they ought to have been rivals, but a real friend like Christ stands shoulder to shoulder in times of trouble and hardships and helps make our burden lighter and helps by carrying and caring with us. But, like, totally it can be difficult, especially if, if we or our friend are also going through difficulties. I know a couple of good friends, um, and each of them separately, separately at the same time are going through different but totally really difficult stuff, really difficult times. And they both needed the support of each other, but because they were both hurting, they couldn't really give that support to each other, and they also couldn't really perhaps perceive that the other person couldn't give that support to each other. And so you're almost in this impossible situation where they couldn't meet each other's needs. And sometimes it's only clear in hindsight which is why empathy and understanding other people's situations, understanding the limits of human friendship, and also maybe having more than one close friend is important. And also the acceptance that not all friends are perfect. In fact, they ain't gonna be perfect, they're human. And that forgiveness and fighting bitterness when people let us down is vital because people will let you down. We've got to forgive. And part of committing means initiating. So be the initiator. We don't wait to be called. You know, don't wait to be called. Don't wait to always be invited. You can call. You can reach out. You can invite. You can be hospitable. Fight the temptation to say, oh, I, I always do. I always call them. Or Nobody ever calls me. I always do the work. Well, do you know what? Maybe you do. Maybe you shouldn't have to, but maybe you do. Maybe you think you do, but actually your perception is not quite reality. 
And you know what? If you do, well done. Keep doing it. God chased you. He doesn't stop chasing you. Even if you run away from him, he doesn't stop chasing you. He reached out to you. You reach out to others. God doesn't give up on you, and so you can do the same. Another trait, a friend lifts you up. A friend energizes you, and you're encouraged. There's an emotional connection, and that's another reason we can't really have loads of close friends, because having a close connection simply isn't possible with, with dozens of people. So don't expect a friend who isn't that close to fit the traits of a, a close friend. That takes time. It takes a lot of time to grow that friendship. Often the ones who lift you up can be of a different generation to you, or maybe longer in their walk with Christ than you, maybe, maybe more mature in Christ. It's good to have friendships with people of different generations to you to learn from. That's why I hang out with elderly people all the time. That's why I hang out with Mark Rushworth uh, all, all the time. And even though he's old, he can still beat me at tennis. So a friend lifts you up, just like I've lifted Mark up there. A friend lets you, a, a friend lets you in. Now, again, there's different closenesses of friends, but we do need a friend or two who we can be completely open and transparent with, where we can completely relax and trust and be secure. And if we're honest, and we kind of mentioned this already, but we have a lot of acquaintances, and a friend this close, you might only be one or two people. Ken Shigematsu, to quote him again, says, having a trusted friend to share our stories our joys, our burdens, our struggles, and hopes is a priceless gift. We feel lighter and freer. But spiritual friendship is not just about something that makes us feel better. It's a gift that helps us become better. Not just something that makes us feel better, a gift that helps us become better. The goal of spiritual friendship is not to have all our socio-political ideologies and viewpoints validated. So a friendship is not just to be agreed with, but to be formed in Christ. A true friend offers encouragement, but is also willing to challenge us and even rebuke us. I mean, on the back of what Jerusha said earlier, you know, God can fill us with light and nourishment, absolutely, and we pray for that supernatural of the Holy Spirit, but also God provides friends to, to encourage us too. I'm gonna to make a strong, generic culture on Canadian, uh, a comment on Canadian culture. When generic, generic comments often fall down, but you know, I guess take the point is, there's a tendency here towards friendliness in Canadian culture, but not necessarily friendship. Friendliness, but not friendship. Perhaps towards a superficiality, but not a depth or a genuinity or an authenticity. And I'm not saying other cultures are better. The British don't even pretend to be friendly, but Building close biblical friendships involves vulnerability and trust and openness and a genuinity that takes effort and risk and intentionality and, of course, time. I'd also add it takes being empowered by the Holy Spirit, which leads to the next point. A friend speaks the truth even when it's hard. If we go through Proverbs 27, it says, better is open rebuke than, the, than hidden love. Fearful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. 
oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. A spiritual friend will identify a blind spot with love so that we don't drift away from God, but towards him. That's not always easy, but it's important we receive counsel and wisdom. Paul Tripp, another U.S. Uh, pastor, author, also notes that friendship can be problematic. They become idols. They can become idols. Replacing God is something we get our fulfillment in. So we have to have boundaries as well because Christ comes first. And we didn't say already, Christ is our closest friend who never leaves us, never forsakes us, never uh, gives up on us. As Joe reminded us at the All Together meeting uh, last Wednesday, or a couple of Wednesdays ago, he quoted uh, 2 Timothy 4 verse 17. He carries our burdens. His yoke is easy. And so while friends are important building block to, uh, are an important building block to Christian, healthy Christian life, let's not elevate them above our relationship with Christ. And again, we don't just need friends. We need biblical friendship. friendship friends to serve with, to partner with, to journey with, to lift us up, to encourage us, to push us, to pull us, to sharpen us, to refi- help refine us, to correct us, to point us to Jesus, to grow in our love for Christ all for and because of Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit. And in a negative sense, if we don't have solid biblical friendships, we might wander, we might get selfish, give in to the flesh, get rough around the edges, become an ineffective tool. Iron rusts if it isn't sharpened. So we've heard of some of the what's uh, uh, and why's, and I'm sure there's more, but what about the how's of friendship? And some might say it's easier than others. It's natural, or many of us here, but many of us here, I'm sure, don't feel like we have close friends. We'll have several, several friends, maybe, but maybe not close ones. Maybe for lots of reasons, you know, season of life we talked about, you know, uh, busyness, family, work, you've moved away, or maybe you've been hurt in past friendships. I know I haven't always had close friendships. And, you know, personally, I've struggled with loneliness at times because, you know, maybe, maybe because we've moved a ton. You know, I left Northern Ireland at 18, went to England uh, for university, and Hazel kind of captured me, and we stayed there for 10 years, and then we moved here almost 12 years ago. So we have friends in different, different places, some, you know, extremely good friends in, in some places. But I can't relate to those of you who've, you know, grew up a street away, and you're still best friends either with your elementary or high school friends. I, I just... It just sh- can't relate. I haven't even seen my high school friends in 20, 20 years. And, on a, and quickly on that, if you're a, in school here, like if you're a, in elementary, middle, high school, or university even, I would say don't panic if you don't have amazing friends. You're not weird if you don't have amazing friends in school. Uh, and God has better friends for you perhaps in another season now, that is, that's easy to say. It's totally tough when you're living it, right? And you haven't got good friends in school. Um, but you need to know that God has uh, some prepared for you. I haven't even seen my school friends in 20 years. So, you know, if you don't like your school friends, don't panic. You, you, will, you will get through it, but it is tough. And even you think someone is pop- super popular. That doesn't mean to say they're not lonely. 
or whatever. That's not always true anyway. Um, but everywhere I've been, uh, and here's and I've lived, we have been intentional about making and strengthening friendships. Sometimes it's unlikely or not natural. I mean, we had, a, like I said, had to latch on the elderly group of English people here. Uh, or got friends from another culture or another country. You know, a Mexican and an Irishman walking into a bar is like a start of a joke. But, <laughs> but it's good fun. And, uh, and we enjoy, I enjoy our friendship. Now, because of life and busyness and work, we don't see each other as much as we, as we could with our friends. But when we do, we have a good, great time. Friendship can be difficult for all sorts of reasons, but it's really still really important. Okay, so uh, pencils at the ready. If you're making notes, I've got seven points. We'll go through them really quickly. Don't roll your eyes. Uh, seven points, the house of friendship, and I'm sure there's more. Be intentional. I've said that a few times already. Show up, initiate. Don't wait to be invited. Be patient. Relationships take time. They get discovered, but they also get forged and worked on. Be prepared to love sacrificially, giving your time and energy. It can be hard. Serve together. Four. Serve together. Francis Chan says, uh, being on a mission together, serving together will build that bond between you. Number five. Uh, perhaps most important, be close to God and grow in the fruits of the Spirit. Healthy Christian communities work best if they're filled with healthy Christians. So your personal walk with God is key to having healthy friends or healthy friendships. Did you know that a, a study uh, that show, showed that healthy Christian communities result in a significant increase in kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. And if the church is like that, if the community is like that, then those who are outside of the church are also affected by that as they are treated with more love and dignity, hospitality. So be close to God. C.S. Lewis says, when I learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. When I learn to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. So I said, I said that point was the most important point. Maybe this next one's the most important point. Have a laugh. Do stuff you enjoy together. Like that's what friendship is, right? Most of the time, just don't have to talk about deep stuff. Just have, have a, do stuff together that you enjoy. Uh, one thing I really enjoy is playing, playing tennis with some of the guys from church here. And we have such a laugh, but we're not talking about deep stuff, you know, mid-game, or, you know, we, don't, we hardly talk at all. We just ridicule each other and laugh at each other, but it's, but it's a great time. And for you, it might be going for a drink or going for a walk or whatever, but, you know, do stuff you enjoy together. It is also common for friends to be like-minded, of course, and, and like attracts like, and that's good. Um, but friends can also be different, too. We talked about different cultures, etc. You know, have different backgrounds, different personalities, different ideas, or different opinions. Dare I say it? Even um, even political opinions, or even different opinions on COVID. But the one huge common factor is our love of God. I said those last two were important. Maybe this one's the most important. If you want to have good friends, don't go out. And, don't go out and force it. To quote Tim Keller. If you are a great friend, you will gain great friends. 
Make Jesus the friend your heart desires, and you will have all the friends you need. If you are a great friend, you will gain great friends. Make Jesus the friend your heart desires, and you will have all the friends you need. Go back to that passage from Matthew 7 I quoted earlier about taking the speck out of someone else's eye. Work on being a great friend yourself. And God has friends for you. I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis again. I quote a lot of people here smarter than me because it makes me seem smart. He says, we think we've chosen our own friends, but for a Christian, strictly speaking, there are no choices. A secret master of ceremonies is at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you, can also say to a group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. All right, so we're, we're going to wrap it up here. So what now? So prioritize friendships, be hospitable, initiate, connect. Listen, life groups in church are a great way of, of connecting and having friends to stand side by side, but, but don't wait but don't wait for the storms of life to batter you to realize you need a friend. Don't mope in your loneliness. Be proactive. Pray. Pray for friends and pray for friends. And make Jesus a friend your heart desires. So that's it. Now, Joe always finishes with some homework, so I'm going to give you some homework, but my homework is like literally the easiest homework. All you have to do this week is connect with someone, go for a drink with someone, reach out to someone, do something fun together, hang out with a friend this week that you haven't seen in a while because of COVID restrictions or whatever. Reach out to someone, send them a message or call them. Do that this week. And that's it. I'm going to pray and hand back to Joe and Angela. Father, just thank you for the time this morning, God. God, Holy Spirit, thank you for, for being with us. I'm going to just pray you would come and, uh, God, work on us, work in us, bind us together in you, Father. Unite us in you as a church, commu church community, Father. God, grow in us the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, and build our friendships. God, so that you may pour out and work out of this place into our neighborhood, into our networks, into the wider community that they would see how attractive your gospel is, Father. Because God, we want to know you better. We want to worship you more and see others come to know you, Father. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen.